Hello and welcome to the Weekly Reboot, your regular Friday debrief of things we're hearing and seeing in the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. Today, another mini hack episode and it's all about design thinking your way to work. But for this one, I'm going to ask you to step outside. So put your shoes on, grab your coat, grab your keys and let's go. So today I wanted to talk to you a bit about design thinking and let me just say I'm no expert on design thinking. Um, I learned it around about 2015 when I worked with a small consultancy called Lunar Tractor but I've picked up a lot since then, um, done a few training courses and now I run some design thinking components as part of our training courses and I wanted to talk to you today about a design thinking mindset and how you can form that for yourself. So I noticed when I was training people in training courses about design thinking, and what we do is we take teams that are learning about Lean and Agile and we put a bit of design thinking into it as well because we believe that all teams that are creating products and services for customers can learn a little bit about creating customer empathy, getting a little closer to the customer, being able to have that design value in for the customer mindset. Anyway, when I'm training people, I get into this zone of suddenly I'm walking around the world noticing everything about how things are designed and because I'm trying to help people in classes do this as well, observing things around them as a way of learning about design thinking. And I think it's a really valuable skill to have and then to take back into your workplace and apply to the kind of customer problems that you're solving. So I thought we would take today's podcast on the road and start noticing some things around us. So I'm in my car, I'm driving to the client that I'm working with today and cars are the kind of things that are good things to look at to hone your empathy with users and to think in the mind of the person who's going to be using the car. So and, but a lot of work goes into designing cars, so the, the imagine it's a kind of area where people have thought of everything many times over and are tweaking and designing and improving um, how cars work for people. So I'm in my car and there is a, something that's a bit annoying about my car though, and that is every time that daylight savings changes I have to change the clock, and changing the clock isn't immediately obvious how you do that. And it's a weird button that has info on one side and set up on the other side and I don't know why but you have to push info set up and the first thing that happens is the clock starts flashing and you can adjust it so I wonder why that button doesn't just say clock so there's some you know one little annoying thing that would be pretty cheap to change that I don't know what other kind of info that you can set up on it but no it really just changes the clock so there's a bit of a design fail there Um, or an opportunity that's been missed. So that's our first one of the day. I'm also, sort of unsurprisingly, for 7.54 in the morning, stuck in some traffic, or as the saying goes, you're not stuck in traffic, you are traffic. But the kind of thing that I think about when I'm traveling in a car somewhere and I get stuck in traffic is about the flow of traffic and how people design roads. Um, Because there always seems to be these particular points that are sticky and I just then you come up to a point that maybe they've created another lane for a bit and then it goes back to two lanes and I think to myself there must be some science behind why they've opened this lane up at a particular point it's obviously to stop a stickiness or a build-up of traffic in one area but since it just builds up again when you're trying to merge back into two lanes 
you kind of find yourself wondering what's the point of that. Once you start looking around at how things are designed and how things are worked, your curiosity starts um, being piqued in lots of different ways and that in itself is kind of the point of this exercise. So get out in the world, observe the stuff that's around you and um, get curious about why it's designed that way. Instead of thinking, oh, it's a bit frustrating that that particular product or service isn't working well for me, find yourself asking the next question down, like why is it working that way? Or maybe is there a missed opportunity that um, we can learn from in that particular design choice and we can apply that to our own work. So here are some people stopping to cross the road. It's taking them a long time to get the traffic to stop. Sorry to them, they're just gonna have to wait. There's a traffic sign that says no left turn from 11 to 6 p.m. But I can't actually read 11 to 6 p.m. until I'm, oh sorry, 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. no left turn. I can't read that, those hours until I'm really close to that no left turn sign. So um, I can imagine people with their indicators on getting close to that sign and trying to figure out if they're allowed to turn or not and then having to turn their indicator off and maybe frustrating the car behind them while they're doing that so there's a bit of a missed opportunity that if they could have increased the font size for that no left turn then um, could have skipped that bit of frustration so those are the kind of opportunities we're looking for and you know, I think sometimes when we think about having designers or UX people working in our teams or in our software delivery teams, you kind of think, well, that's a bit of a luxury or maybe we don't deserve to have that or are they going to create a whole bunch of extra features for us to build or problems that, you know, frankly, we'd rather do without because we just want to fix the hygiene parts of our product or we just want to build the bare minimum. But if you think, if you listen to even the examples that I've just given, they're examples that you know, potentially don't cost any extra to fix those problems in a way that's better for the customer. There's another classic, I've just driven past a parking sign that has um, a couple of obscure parking restrictions conflated into one. Actually, this is a much funner way of driving to work instead of getting frustrated at the traffic just having a look around and noticing things. Okay, I've just seen a cyclist. Um, there's a bike path that goes all the way along Beach Road, which is where I'm um, driving in Melbourne. And I notice as well that some cyclists ride on the road and some cyclists ride on the bike path. There's a bike path that goes all the way up to Port Melbourne along Beach Road. But it's a shared bike path with pedestrians, which means there's, as a cyclist, you can't really go fast on that bike path at a speed that I know a lot of, of um, commuters want to ride at. So therefore you've got this whole bike path that's not utilised um, during the commute in the morning and instead bikes are having to go on the road which is more dangerous for them and um, you know interrupts the traffic flow for cars a little bit. I don't want to sound like a selfish car driver here but I wonder if there was some better way since they were going to lay down a bike path all the way all the way along this road, was there a better way they could have made those design decisions to make it a bit better for road riders to get on that bike path um, and share it with pedestrians? So could we have had a separated bike path from pedestrians, for example? You know, that's just another example of we're going to spend some money, we're going to build this bike path anyway. Could we have 
got a lot more opinions or a lot more perspectives or thought a bit more empathetically about the users of that path before we constructed it or every time we upgrade it is there an opportunity where we could be improving it in other ways as well so that's the kind of mindset that we want to have while we're doing this exercise of walking in our customers shoes and yeah really having empathy with the people that are using products and services out in the world Okay, so now I'm back home. So that was a collection of observations on what my traveling to work experience was that day. I noticed things that annoyed me as a driver, but also imagined what it was like to be a pedestrian, a cyclist, and other aspects of traveling to work. And you can imagine you could easily fill a bunch of pages of notes with improvement ideas you could come up with if I had caught the train that day, for example, as well. You probably would have heard me being annoyed at having to get my Mikey card out of my bag because I was wearing a skirt with no pockets. I would have been observing that it takes too long for the Mikey card reader to recognize my tap on. I might have been annoyed that the train seats were not spacious enough for my legs. You can probably tell us thought about some of those things before as well. Now here's where things get interesting. What I want you to do next is take that same thinking and that same mindset to your own company and your own customers experiences. So try out your own products and your own services. You could have a look at your website and try buy something from it if that's what your business does, sell things online. Or you could just try and interact with your own company in some way and try and step into your customer's shoes in doing that. What I found is if you practiced yourself on someone else's products and experiences, just like I did by taking that drive to work, you'll be in the mindset of noticing everything from your customer's perspective. So get out in the world and hone your observational powers. Get empathetic with the humans and their experiences and then put those to the test on your own products. And that's my mini hack for this week. Okay, a couple of things I wanted to mention again to you today. Reboot Co are running courses on The Modern Developer. The Modern Developer allows you to boost your career with modern practical engineering practices. This two-day course gives experienced developers the tools and techniques to transition from traditional technical stacks and architectures to the new digital and cloud world. It also helps developers who have been in traditional waterfall environments wanting to understand the difference of development practices in agile teams and the foundations of DevOps. Register for the Modern Developer. I'll include the links in the show notes here. And we're also running the Modern Developer Graduate for graduates who want to get their great engineering habits formed well at the start of their career. Now we can tailor these and run them for you in-house as well. So get in touch with us for that at rebootme at rebootco.com.au. This week we have an apology to make. We got some feedback that we were using an offensive term in one of our mini hack episodes, mini hack number four, burn the backlog. So what we've done is reissued that episode with the term removed and we certainly didn't intend to cause offense. We just didn't realize the term for backlog refinement was considered offensive and that had been added to the scrum guide in 2011 and then removed in 2013. So I've posted a link to an article in the show notes that explains why so you can find out why and also stop using that term. So we hope we have been able to retain that listener to the podcast and thank them very much for bringing that to our attention. Thanks again for listening to the weekly reboot. You can give us feedback. Just email alex at rebootco.com.au. Have a great week and we'll talk to you again next week.